0: Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Black Jack.
1: Why did you take me? Because I hears your lonely heart in all the secret whisperings of the podcast. Oh, so whimsical.
2: Oh my God, what magic, what <laughs> whimsy. Uh, here we are. Hello, Fennel, and welcome to Blank Check with Griffin and David. I am Griffin. to the Cave of Dreams. I'm Griffin. I'm David Sims. We are hashtag the two friends Griffin Newman. And this is a podcast about filmographies, directors who had massive success early on in their career given a series of blank checks yeah. that they can use to make crazy passion projects. Sometimes those checks clear. Sometimes they bounce. But and this is yep. a mini-series on the films of Steven Spielberg. Yep. Parentheses, the DreamWorks years. Is the, and this is this is not DreamWorks, right? This is technically the first post-DreamWorks it's, movie. It's Disney, right? This is Disney and Amblin and Reliance. Uh, okay. I'll back up in a second and explain the transition here. But this is the final film in our miniseries, Pod Me If You Cast. It is to date. At the time of this recording, the most recent film Steven Spielberg has directed uh-huh. and released, and it is called The
1: BFG. Yeah, it's a movie. BFG. Rolled doll book. Fake classic rolled doll novel. BFG. I like the way she says BFG. You clearly do. You came in here hot with your BFG impression.
2: When we had to test the levels, my mic check was just me saying BFG at different levels.
1: Don't you guys wish you could hear that? BFJ!
0: Is
1: this, my, this might also be the most expensive film Steven Spielberg has ever made.
0: $175
1: million? Something like that. Yeah.
2: It's also uh, one of his least successful films.
1: It is. It's also one of his worst films, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah. So it's. we've talked about this ever since we had the idea for this podcast, where it's like, it's too bad Spielberg kind of just ends with like, eh. Like, I yeah. assume he's got more interesting stuff up his sleeve, like
2: well, and we've been talking about this idea of doing this uh, uh latter period Spielberg for a while, even before bFG came out, this was an idea that we were kicking around, and I remember hoping that bFG was gonna be an interesting note to end on. um, I was hoping that it might be uh you know taking all that he's learned in this latter phase of his career where he's become more obsessed with the moral gray areas, where he stopped dealing in absolutes and brought those qualities back to the magic and wonder of early Spielberg. And right. he did not.
1: It's You're right. This is down to the Melissa Matheson screenplay. Yeah. It feels like a movie he would have tried to make in the 80s. This feels, and I believe yeah. Melissa Matheson is no longer even with us, right? Just yes. to really drive that point home. Yep, like, yep. And I think that's one of... I mean, she died pretty recently, like yep. a couple of years ago. But 2015. Still, right, but...
2: I, I think that's one of two reasons, maybe even earlier.
1: No, I think that you're right.
2: I um, think you're right. I think that is one of two reasons this film got made. We'll get to that
1: in a second. One because what? Because he he wanted to honor her memory with this script that she her final script that she'd written. She's the writer of E. T. We should note. We'll
2: get to that in a second. Okay.
1: Okay. What are we on right now? We have to introduce someone else. Okay. Who's at the table with us today? Yeah. Because we have intern. Well,
2: intern will. I said intern. Wow. Can you just do whatever you're doing? Intern will is kindly monitoring the ones and zeros. So sitting with us at the table today. It's been a while. It's been, been a while. while. He's been at the table a few times. Yeah, but we haven't called it out. So I'm trying to make it. I was okay. going to lie and pretend he has been at the table recently. Because sure. remember, we used to make a big deal out of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, do people do people long for those days when we would sort of specifically define where Ben was? I don't know. is nostalgia <laughs> big these is That's true. Well, no, not if you see the BFG's box office no, returns. No. Let me tell you. Yeah.
2: He's a producer of this podcast. Yeah. Yep. Producer Ben, the Ben Dooser, the poet laureate, the Haas, Mr. Haas, Mr. Positive. Mr. Positive. It's got some names. Hello Fennel, the Peeper, the Tiebreaker, Birthday Benny, Dirt Bike Benny, Second White Benny, the Meat Lover, the Fart Detective. Uh, if you see him in the uh, in the sheets, call him the fuck master. Sure. If you see him in the streets, do not call him Professor Crispy. Don't you dare. Do not.
1: Cheer up, Ben. Dare. Oh, I'm cheery. I don't know. You came in. I was like, how you doing? He's like, I'm great. Like, with the affectation of, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's, of course, a close personal friend of Dan Lewis. I am. Absolutely. True. We True. go way back. Do you know Dan Brown?
1: I don't. That's yeah, too bad.
0: I did just rewatch, uh, what's that thing where they're like finding the Da Vinci Code? Yeah. There's a you couple re-watched of them. Yeah, the why da da Vinci did you rewatch Code? the
1: Da Vinci Code? Not a memorable film.
0: No, I don't know why. I think it was just I needed something to check out with and that was perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he has, of course, graduated to certain tells over the course of different miniseries, such as Ben
2: Achamla and and Ben's Hate, Save Anything. Uh, Ailey Bands with a dollar sign, Proustor Ben Kenobe
1: and Kylo Ben. I did them out of order. You did them out of order, that's fine. But the real question is yep. this what is, is the it, final yeah. Spielberg episode. What are we going to do? You had one idea. I can't remember what it was now. The Ben Friendly Giant. <sighs> was that it? <laughs> Catch Me If You Ban? Yeah, but we already.
2: Yeah. a Ban? No. <laughs> it Wasn't that? War Haas? <laughs> Wait. That's up? it. Someone suggested that. I gotta, I'll gotta. i look up the right uh, I was going to say credit.
0: Crystal Haas. But that's not as good as Warhaz.
2: Warhol's is not bad. Warhol's is not bad. At the at end all. of the episode, we'll go to the Reddit where people have been spitballing names, and we'll pick one and give I that plan. person credit. But let's let's save it for the end of the episode, so there's some pomp and circumstance, because I don't think it's gonna take long to get through this movie. But
0: I'm glad to be here with you guys in the room. Oh, that's I'm great. not gonna lie; I'm sort of happy to be done with this miniseries. Yeah, I this think we late all are. period
1: Spielberg was a little rough. Uh, you're an idiot. Bridge of Spies is a masterpiece.
0: I like Bridge of Spies, but I'm saying overall, okay. out of all the films, well, war, I mean, you're like, just mad about War Horse. I'm mad about a That's lot. What of you're, mad. No, you you're mad. No, you're yeah. mad about War Horse. I am mad about War Horse. There's no bad. horse diving. <laughs> true. I think if we go
2: over, if you were to look at the list again, you would realize that you like ninety percent of the movies at
1: least, except for you're, War Horse. You're especially he didn't angry like about some war of them, horse. though. He didn't like some of the ones that we like. It doesn't matter. We're not going. Okay. We're not here to litigate Ben's taste. That's yeah. true. That is for the Ben's Choice well, He's episode. our finest
2: film critic, of course.
0: We know that. Steven I'm Spiller. realizing that, I don't know. Do you guys think that I am? Just no, want to be cool. clear. Yes, okay, cool, cool. I think? wasn't sure. You thought it was like a sarcastic title? Yeah, facetion. No,
1: oh, you're, 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 you're Facetion? <laughs> that sounds like some sort of underwater creature. A facetion. <laughs>
0: facetion.
1: Okay, okay. okay. Esther Zuckerman text- texted me last night saying... Ben is the funniest part of your podcast, which it's not like that's news. No, everyone like, It's not knows like that. people haven't said that to me before, but it yeah. is funny anytime someone sort of comes to that realization. Anyway, Esther, shout out to you. You texted me five months ago. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, you, you and I are like the, the other cops in Beverly Hills cop. Do you know what I'm saying? Who's Reinhold? I think I'm Reinhold and you're, uh, what's it, Gamble?
1: I don't know, man. Rose I only know. Get, I don't. I know what the fuck name is. The I, BFG. <laughs> I'm getting you off of this. The whatever. Point is, the point is, we
2: occasionally hit like a, a three point shot, but by and large, we're there to make Ben look funnier.
0: It's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm the producer, and I just make sure that those episodes come out crystal clean. Yeah, College Ben, we call crystal him. skull College Ben, we call them College. Oh ben. well, we're gonna get to that we'll later. Get to that. We'll
1: get okay. to that
2: later. Okay, so a couple things happen. One, DreamWorks is is like crumbling between their fingers, right? It's true. They had this deal. Reliance was financing them. Disney was distributing their movies. Right.
1: Who's Reliance again? They're an Indian company? Yeah, I think you're right. Yes, they are an Indian company, a division of the Reliance, Anil, Dirubahi, Ambani Group, an Indian conglomerate. This is a big thing. $13 billion. In our uh, post-globalization world in which uh,
2: the film industry – is becoming much more international. And box office grosses rely far more on overseas
1: grosses. And you've been noticing it. You go to see your Vin Diesel movie, and there's like three studio logos in front of it that you're like, what's this? This looks not American. Because it's not like...
2: It's a global world. It's a global world. And it's not like, oh, this is a production company. This is Spyglass Pictures. It's like, this is H Brothers Media International. H Brothers, don't mess with them. You know? But it's all these sort of foreign companies who uh, want to get into...
1: Well, not the only American that, there's money reasons. to be made now. Yeah, like much more money to be made worldwide than they used to be. Right. Yeah. And also, uh, studios want to
2: put their own money into these films less and less. Yeah. You know, so they'll go like, "Hey, hey, you're an Indian company. You want to be right. playing you, with the big get boys in Hollywood?
1: Profits or half how, whatever? You
2: know. How do you like to invest in a Disney Spielberg movie? Sure. And on paper, that sounds like, oh, that's the most Hollywood thing in the world. Spielberg had never made a Disney film before. Mm-hmm. He had bought the rights to BFG in the eighties. Uh yeah, nineteen ninety one actually. Okay. Book came out in the eighties. He bought the rights ninety-one. Sure. His plan was he wanted to make it with
1: Robin Williams. Yep. He thought it was a perfect Robin Williams vehicle. You know, I mean, Steven Spielberg loved Robin Williams. He did. They were close friends. Mm-hmm. He famously, when he was making Schindler's List, he would call Robin Williams at the end of his work days a lot just to, you know, talk to someone funny and like cheer himself up Mm -hmm. because it was a bummer. And that's what inspired Robin Williams to make Jacob the Liar. The greatest film ever made. Um, And, uh, you know, he made Hook with him, Mm -hmm. but I feel like he's always like, oh, this would be good for Robin, right? Like, he's always trying to find, like, more uh, Robin vehicles.
2: Right, because other than
1: Dr. No
0: in AI, Hook was the
2: only... I believe so, right? We so, and we yet.
0: love Hook on this podcast, right? I mean, that's like one of our faves. When you guys say this, probably one of the best. That is not a flat fact. That is movies. a fairy tale. Yeah, like I mean, boy, nostalgia.
2: Can I read ben. some? Can I read something quickly? <laughs> can I read something quickly? Uh, you maybe? Uh, Hawk and Lindsay. Uh, my former roommate. Oh, sure. Current neighbor. Uh. Husband of Sophie Fader, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of my best friends. He texted me. Okay. It's a long text. I'm not going to let you read that all on air. Hook is a good movie, and I have seen it as an adult. Yeah, he's wrong. And I said, stop it, Hawken. And Hawken responded to me, no, you can't take this away from me. It's a witty pos- postmodern take on a no. classic story. No, it's not. Oh, definitely the role no. of the patriarchal imperialist oppressor. No, it doesn't. Yep. Using the same manipulation and charm to take advantage of his daughter as he used on Wendy, who he was- has taken... Uh, who, no, who's... no, no,
1: don't read all of this on okay. the air, I can't no, I'm gonna no. put some on Reddit Hook's shitty uh, Yeah, you can make all kinds of fucking academic arguments about it if you want Rufio? It just... Yeah, I got no beef with Rufio Bangerang? Bangerang, that stuff's good I got no beef with Rufio I got be beef with Rufio Do you?
0: I think he's a dick
1: Looky, looky, I got hooky Yeah, that's true though <laughs> His last words. Well, no, I think he he says some other
2: things. But Spielberg himself is like, yeah, I whiffed on that one.
1: Yeah, because it's a whiff. And he says he's like, Did yeah. I, where, wasn't I just talking about this where he's like, yay, like childhood. And everyone's yes. like, no. You didn't do it on the mic, but you were talking about oh, this yesterday. Oh, it, was, it wasn't on mic. Okay, okay, yeah, then, yeah, right.
2: So it has been suggested to us by a uh, past future guest friend of the show, Katie Rich. Yeah. That we do hook as our bonus episode. Yeah,
1: and I'm all for it.
2: And I'm against it because I think there's a very good chance we'll go back and do the first half of Spielberg. I don't think
1: that's true. I think this whole Spielberg thing's been great, but a huge slog, and there's just no way we're going to go back and do the rest of it.
2: I think we will someday. No. I think
1: we have to go back. No. You, you want to do a Color Purple episode? Yeah, it'll be 12 minutes long. <laughs> if you thought we were on the side of Yeah, exactly. You want to yeah. go back there? You yeah.
2: want to go back to that pool? Yeah. But uh, he, in interviews, when he does like, career retrospective interviews and they go yeah. through like all of his movies, he goes, like, yeah, I just, like, the, I feel like the opening section's good, and I feel like once I got to Neverland, I couldn't think of anything other than, like, I don't know, paint the trees pink. Like, he himself admits, he's just like, yeah, I just sort of, like, I look at it, and it yeah, feels that's really one, forced. That's and one problem with
1: Hook, too, is that it's, like, everything is too magical. Like, yes. you know, what much better is uh, is that Kyle Mooney, Beck Bennett, Hook spoof. That thing's good. I don't Have know if I've seen seen that, that thing? It's no. great.
2: Um, I do think the opening stretch of Hook is good. I think the stuff before he goes to Neverlands, solid Spielberg, like sugar rush. It's, kind it's of. It's
1: not stuff. bad. I think I think Hoffman's great. I think Hoskins is great. I think Hoskins is the best part. When is he not? Was. When was he not? When is he not in any of the films he was ever in? Never not. Never not. Uh and uh I think there's 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 fun to have sure. with Hook. Sure. I th- I think their exchanges are fascinating. Like it is weird what's going on there. Uh-huh. Uh and obviously Carrie Fisher wrote a lot of the dialogue in Hook and the dialogue is weirdly adult. Like, you yeah. know, the especially the Hoffman um uh, SME, you know, the hooks me stuff. There are elements but of Hook that then are there's interesting. This goddamn nightmare shit, which is just basically like when I was became a dad, that was the greatest moment of my life, but like over and over and over again. It's all about, like, being a dad and being nice to your kids. This is what Peter Pan is about. (laughs) It's about being scared of your dad.
2: (laughs) I also think it looks
1: bad. I think it's,
2: like, a shitty-looking movie. Like, I I find the design really uninteresting, and Spielberg himself cops to that.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the design is bad. And I also don't know why the Lost Boys have, like, ramps. Yeah, I just think like, it's. Why all, do they have ramps? It's all garish and kind of like the ramps? extreme. And There's they have like colored like, mohawks. It's only like a dozen Lost Boys and their children. Yeah,
0: it's not like like how would they build all those ramps? Yeah. Hey, when you got a board and you just want to do some jumps, you make ramps. I'll say this: you're right. Uh, that, is that is true. That is I'll true. But I'll say this: it is better than pan. I think. Oh, I even
2: see pan. One name we might do pan. Well, our listeners are going to love us shitting on hook again.
0: <laughs> the VFG. VFG.
1: Okay, so. <laughs> In in that sort of time, right before Hook, he's like, "That's true, right? He's thinking like this would be a great Robin Williams project, right?"
2: And uh, the big the big hurdle was, okay, how do I get the BFG and Sophie acting in the same frame? He said there are technologies you can use. You know, you can use green screen, you can use forced perspective, you can use all this sort of shit. You know, yep. Um, while having a live action actor play the BFG, but you're not going to be able to get them in the same frame actually reacting to each other. You're going to have to shoot the plates separately. And
1: he really wanted that. It's not just that, though. Do you not know about this? What? They did a famous read-through of the like, whatever the first pass, uh-huh. you know. Uh, I think it was. Let me see. I actually have Robin Swicord, Nicholas Kazan. Okay, like of a screenplay. Robin Williams was doing his Robin Williams thing. Yeah, and they were like, "No, you can't do that because like the BFG is like really specific language. Like sure. he talks really deliberately as part of the joke, yeah. and like he uses all these weird words and like. And Robin Williams is probably just going like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. he's just doing uh, it. Mahatma Gandhi, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and like." And, like, so they were like, ah, this might actually be the worst project for Robin Williams. Yeah. Like, this this might not be a good idea at all. Terrible idea. Uh, which is funny because, of course, Robin Williams totally has it in him. Like, you see a movie like Insomnia or whatever to right. give, like, an incredibly restrained performance. So good in that. Yeah. He yeah. is. Um, but uh, I think when it's a kid's movie, Robin Williams wants to be big. Yeah. Right? He wants to do his thing. Well, I just, like, I remember seeing Robin Williams
2: um, do Ass Cat. At the, at the UCB yeah, theater. you talked to me about when that. When he was like a surprise guest. Right. Uh, and he was never on a Lloyd team, but he did do Cat a couple times. <sighs>
0: never on a Lloyd team.
2: Yes. Ben's happy. And uh, he, any time a joke came to him, he would interrupt the scene to like make it. And not just like, oh, here's a one line, here's like a funny thing I could say. But he would be in a scene where it was like the, you know, Miriam Toland's playing a travel agent. He's there trying to book a vacation. And in the middle of it, he thinks of some funny fucking joke about Sarah Palin. Sure. And he just starts going on a Sarah Palin riff, which, and then he transforms his scene partner into Sarah Palin, middle of the scene, shit like that. I, th- I think there's sometimes in certain zones where it's like, it's improv, yeah. or it's a kid's movie. Yeah. He can't fucking lock it down. Right. Or rather, he couldn't
1: lock it down. In 2011, uh-huh. I'm just, you know, DreamWorks gets the right. I'm just I'm just uh, giving you some history here. Right. In, Melissa Matheson writes a script. In twenty four John Madden is hired to direct. The great John Madden. Oh the great. <coughs> Miss Sloan's own. Yeah. John Madden. what else has he made? I mean obviously Shakespeare in Love, but like uh the Captain Mandolin. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Madden, Madden ninety four. He made Madden ninety
2: four, of did. course. Only Madden ninety four though. Uh and and the uh uh
1: great exotic best exotic Marigold Hotel franchise. He made both of them? He made both. Good good job, Johnny. Yeah. Um, then Spielberg gets put on it in 2014. An right. upgrade from Madden, one might argue.
2: I remember that was kind of exciting. I went, ooh, Spielberg hasn't made a pure children's film well, in a while. The kind thing. of exciting. It
1: sounds and like the BFG is such a famous work of children's literature. Yes. We've all read it. Yes. You know, we all grew up with all oh, that big friendly giant. Right. And it almost seems too obvious, but hey, he hasn't made an obvious move like that in a while. Like you're saying, right? That was exciting. Was it right. like he hadn't done it in a while? uh here's a movie about a
2: dude who literally makes dreams right Uh, correct he's got a little dream he's a dream brewer
1: right and uh the other thing was that that raw doll is dark right Definitely weird and uh, can be very dark. Although I would say the BFG is one of the less dark rolled dolls. I right? agree. Like, it's not like the witches or like the, the twits or like, you know, the really creepy rolled dolls.
2: I agree. But if. But it's got some, you know. Yes. And if Spielberg. Some nasty giants. If Spielberg.
1: Oh, it's definitely got some There's fucking some nasty, nasty giants. giants. It's got some nasty ass
2: giants in this movie. Big giants. Yeah, Ben must love this movie. That's true. This is
1: a big movie. This is a huge I've, movie. It's so good. <laughs> All right, all right. What what do you want to say?
2: Uh if if Spielberg was gonna return to the children's well, the idea of doing it with a Raw doll film was kind of exciting because it was like yeah. well, there is there is sort of fucking uh moral morass. There's sort in of the fucking moral Roald Dahl morass world.
1: Yeah. But less so in the BFG. The BFG is more of a fairy sure. story. Sure. Um Disney was gonna distribute through Touchstone, then they come on board as a co financier. Yeah. Not Touchstone Disney. This is a Walt Disney production. That was a big deal. Spielberg had never done a capital D Disney movie before. And that was their whole selling point was like, it's Spielberg making Disney movies. DreamWorks still serves as copyright holder, but they lose their marquee status. Instead, Amblin gets put in front of the movie. And this is the shift where now Spielberg movies are Amblin movies. And Spielberg... Macon Bridge Spies says to Mark Reiland, you know what? You should be the BFG. Yeah. Like, I, I love this. I love you. And we're going to do a motion capture performance with you as the BFG. Right. And they have a great time. They go all over Britain. They find a little girl, Ruby Barnhill. Is that uh, her name? Adorable. Uh, great pair of glasses. She's got some glasses. Uh, they get Bill Hader and Jermaine Clement. And some other folks to to do some mocap stuff. Sure, uh, they 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 get that Penelope Wilton in there to be the queen. Rafe Spall, <laughs> Rafe Spall, and Rebecca Hall to be two footmen who are fucking Spall and Hall <laughs> balling to the wall. Uh, yeah, uh, you know. I think that's it, right? I sort of covered all. Comes the... out
2: to a collective shrug.
1: Thank you all for listening. It... Remember to rate, review, subscribe. It comes out July first, so it's for that sort of July fourth weekend period, right? Right. It Used to be called Big Willie Weekend
2: when Will Smith used to dominate Fourth of July, and Disney was making play for it to be a Big FGE Weekend. Uh, right. And it didn't. It didn't fly. It came we, out to we... a collective shrug. Yeah, we'll talk about the box office later, but yeah, not a hit. No, no. So two things I think motivated Spielberg to kick this one up in his playlist, right? Make this next, and also take the reins back after John Madden, uh, from John Madden. One is- Melissa uh, Matheson passes away.
1: This was her last script. This was her last script. She wrote E.T. for him. It's a great screenplay. Yes. Uh, She worked with him, I guess, I don't know. I mean, she worked with him on Twilight Zone. She the movie. was married
2: to Harrison Ford for a while. He and Harrison Ford are famously close. I think they were just very, very- Close as people. I think she worked on a lot of scripts that didn't get made, Yeah, you know, but they remained in touch. And I she think she was
1: always, yeah, a Hollywood legend, I,
2: basically. I think he'd want to honor her. There. Okay. Two is the post Tintin mocap kick.
1: Sure. He was like, oh, I had fun with this. He had fun with it. He sees Mark Rylance and is like, He's like putting dot, He's imagining yeah. dots on his face, you he know? He could some dots, uh, some spandex. It could be a dotty performance right, right here.
2: And so it all kind of pieces together. He goes, here's my friend's final script. Yeah, no. We, here's we, the technology we, to make we've it. We've said it. Here's the guy. Let's make it. And I think those three things are good motivating factors. What was not a motivating factor is
1: the material itself and the way it existed. Okay, look. I've got some things to say. Sure. One, I do think we should maybe have a five-year-old on this podcast uh, for this episode.
2: Okay, do you think a five year old would like this movie? That's that'd be my question, right? That's the thing. I, I would want to watch wanna know because I person.
1: see the movie, I saw it in, I saw it went to a screening, I reviewed it for sure. the Atlantic. Like, I saw it and I was like, am I just like too old for this? Like, this right. is not like the kind of movie where I can view it as a grown up or a ch- like, you know, I'm like, this is all childlike wonder. Would a kid like this? Like, is this just for kids? Can I argue my counterpoint to that? Well, I have counterpoints, but go ahead. There's my counterpoint. I'm a fucking child. Like, yeah, yeah, you are a child. If anyone... You're a disgusting child.
2: Yeah, but do you know what I'm saying? Like obviously, yes, I'm... I do. If anyone was going to be able to like buy into like fucking childlike wonder, who cares? It's fun. It would be me. Indeed. Uh, there are things in this movie I like, but I find the um, any time the movie's playing the childlike wonder hand it feels like they're like slamming the card down on the table I agree. and then driving
1: a knife into the card and being
2: like, this is yes. wonderful! Uh, okay,
1: but also, <laughs> here's the other thing a yeah. five-year-old would say yeah. if I asked them what they thought of the BFG. I fell asleep 45 minutes in, yeah. and it's a two-hour movie. Yep, It's two hours long. And here's the mission. So I come out of there going like, I mean, we, know, we both know Spielberg can't make a short movie. Yep, But I was just like, what the fuck is he thinking with this being two hours long? The BFG is not a long book. It's not like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that's like a proper chapter book that's long. Like It's a short book. It's like a novella and it has almost no plot. It doesn't really have a plot.
2: Yeah. You could compress the events of this film into 15 minutes if you wanted to. Uh, I will confess when I saw this in theaters, I also fell asleep for like an eight minute stretch.
1: I, I didn't fall asleep, but I definitely did that kind of like, you know, where you are start yeah. nodding and you're like maybe not totally focused anymore. Like, mm.
2: I fell asleep for a section...
1: And when I woke up, I was like, I have no idea how much of this
2: movie I missed. Like I could have fallen asleep for one minute miss or 25 minutes. And then I rewatched <sighs> it last night and I was like less than 10, like five or eight minutes I fell asleep. And there's visual effects
1: a lot that are fine. But the movie thinks that it has that you have never seen such wonder before because it has whole sequences that are just like look at him making a dream or look at the tree of dreams. And it's just like,
2: ah, you know, like it
1: it cannot get over how awesome it thinks it is.
2: Well, and the visualization
1: of the dream stuff feels to me like, it's okay.
2: it feels like the, like the hook Neverland design, where it's just like real A to B thinking of just like, what would a dream look like? And then first pass idea. And they're like, great, let's put that on screen. It's like, maybe let's push ourselves a little further to like, come up with something that's actually kind of unique. Uh, it's just like, oh, bright colors and swirling spirits. Um, that's all it is. Um. Yep. But, uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. I was going to say, it's about wonder, it's about dreams, it's about friendship, it's got a lot of fart jokes. I'm right in the pocket of someone who
1: should like this no, movie. No, okay. I want to be clear. I like the farting dogs. The I farting do dogs is good. The farts are good. I'm into the farts. Good bit. You like the farts. It's a good bit. Yeah. Everything else I'm not that into. Come on, when the dogs fart and they like shoot all over the room.
2: Yeah, I like the farting. I'm just saying, I I like the and farting. I like that
1: Rafe and Rebecca are fucking.
2: I like that so much. I like the farting in this movie. All I'm trying to say farting is in fucking A plus. <laughs> usually any movie agreed. Uh usually any movie that has this much farting in it, where the farting is this well executed that would grandfather me into liking the movie.
1: Yeah, you've made your point, which is that you're an idiot child. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel point like made. everyone's on board with that one. Point made. Um, yeah. Let's let's go through the... Here's the plot. She's a little girl in an orphanage. The BFG takes her for some reason. Why does he take her?
2: Ugh, and even... Okay, so even this opening section of the movie, right? With her in the orphanage and the voiceover and it's, you know, these pillars of light coming in, moonlight coming in through the and, window and all of that. Um, and this, like, really ricketed, side-winding, like, street. Um, I look at this, and I'm like, this feels like a Spielberg fan film. It does a little bit. This feels like some Stranger Things
1: bullshit. It does a little bit. Where it's like,
2: look at this short film that recaptures the magic of Spielberg movies.
1: I think there's some cool elements, such as, like, I like his his horn thing. Like, you know, like, eh.
2: But I'm even talking just about like the first yeah. three minutes okay. before
1: the BFG exists, where it's just the
2: little girl running around the orphanage and everyone's sleeping. Yeah, Everything right. about it feels like a Spielberg homage. It feels like him doing like, what's that thing I used to do like 25 Here's years the ago?
1: Thing. It's him doing the hits, right? And yeah, it does. Yeah. You're like, come on, do Surf's Up. Don't do Surf and Safari. It's a deep Beach Boys reference. Forget oh, it. I thought you were,
2: you were saying Do Surf's Up, the uh, penguin surfing animated movie. And Oscar nominated. I know. I know. Never forget. Yeah. Uh, the film he,
1: came out in nine eleven, 11 right? Yeah. Yeah. He
2: will not divide us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Isn't Shia LaBeouf in that movie? Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's
2: the reason I'm making that joke. It's so funny to look at like Shia's like, <laughs> crassest most commercial movies like that. Did he
1: screen yeah. Surf's Up in his All My Movies? He must have, right? I, I wonder if he
2: counted the animated film. He's anyway. the lead in that. Yeah, he is. He's Cody the Penguin? <laughs> Haven't seen Surf's Up. Uh, know the name of the lead penguin. Um... So, a uh, little girl, she's lonely. She's walking around the orphanage while everyone else is sleeping. It's later established that the BFG hears the cries of loneliness or something. He hears the heart of a lonely child. And
1: the story of the BFG kind of is that they're both lonely souls. You yes. know, she's a lonely orphan who sleeps right at weird hours or doesn't sleep. She's an insomniac. And he kidnapped a child like 150 years ago and then the kid died. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what a weird movie! He kidnaps her, he takes her to giant countries. There's a lot of him running around Britain. You're really
2: trucking through this. I want to stop for one second. On what, Ben? What do you think about the size of this guy? For
0: crying out, everyone's huge. Let's just talk about the BFG first. What just like, what how how am I vibing with him?
2: Well, like, I just don't want to talk about the other giants yet. I want to talk Uh about like, here is a dude Mm. walking down. A fucking street, and he's the size of the buildings, and he's got this fucking musical
0: instrument that looks like a lamppost. Like,
2: what are you thinking?
0: I'm thinking, first of all, dope. Yeah. I'm thinking, they're listening to me finally, (laughs) all right? It's like, I've said this from the start. The culture is listening. I've said this from the start. I don't care about the little things, right? I'm talking about just... Big things, yeah. but it, what's nice too is like you get how big he is because he's next to the building, yep. you know what I mean? It's like you see his instrument and then a normal lamppost. Not into this, okay. I love this. Here's
1: the other question though, yeah. You see the BFG, B, B big, big, but then you go to Giant Country in Giant Country. There are bigger giants. Well, that's why I want to take this one step at a time. I
2: want to take this one step yeah, at a time. So I know. So how do you, now how do you feel? You're conflicted because you've already formed an attachment to this guy who you think is huge, right. and now they're bigger guys, but these bigger guys straight-up dickheads.
0: Totally. It's actually a, like a Ren and Stimpy episode. Yes. So, yeah, I'm conflicted now.
2: Because usually for you, bigger is better. But right, this time, right. bigger is meaner.
0: Yep. Yup. It's a it's a conundrum. Uh-huh. It really is, and it I shook me I'm not to listening. my core. Donald David. Trump
1: tweeted some weird things. Uh, mostly watching Twitter react to that. What did he tweet? You want me to find out?
2: Yeah. So we're recording this in February. Yeah. Here's this is coming de- out like Memorial
1: Day. I, I actually i I literally don't know what this means. Okay. I literally don't know what a, it means. Let's try Let's try this. Let's try to decipher. Big increase in traffic. Big? Oh, interesting. Big increase in traffic into our country from certain areas. All right, so we giant know country. what he's talking that about. The areas he's talking about are giant country. Yep. Oh, man. Wow. Right. Okay, okay. It's like so, so, all to be. so far, no, seriously, guys. Literally, our president tweeted this. And yeah, we're no being idea deadly what. serious. It's about fucking giant country. Comma. Big increase in traffic into our country from certain areas. Comma. While our people are far more vulnerable. Okay. Comma. As we wait for what should be, capital letters, D. What's easy D? I don't get it. Defense, baby. I guess so. Maybe he must mean defense, but, like, what the... F- it's just crazy, guys. When I hear D, I think a dick, because
2: people say, like... Yeah, you got, you want the D. I want to get the D this week. You want that Sony D. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's what
2: I call it. So that's
1: what I was talking, think, reading about while you guys were doing whatever it was you were doing about Giants.
2: We were doing serious film criticism. So th- th- these Giants are bigger, but they're meaner. Right. But then well, counterpoint. Counterpoint. There's a part... Where the BFG tries to give Sophie a bath, and they they both get pretty wet. There's a lot of water. True, there's That's some true. water. but it, that, this, is also, really this is not really a, a kids primarily wet and
1: film. Yeah, sure, and sure.
0: We're like we're tipping toeing on some territory <laughs> I'm not necessarily into. But well, here's my there's a thing. bath right, scene. Okay, it's yeah. okay. Right, I like t- water. Uh,
1: tangentially related to this, because okay. you know the giants are big, but what I like is that his tools are big. I like that. So, like, because, like, when he takes her to his home, like, pretty much the first thing he does is chop up a cucumber, a cumber or whatever, right? Yeah. And, like, that's kind of the first set piece in a weird way is her, like, getting out of the way as he chops this thing. Yeah. I think it's cool. He's got a big chopper. I think the cumber looks
2: amazing. It looks I, cool. I think it's probably the best looking this thing is, in this is At the moment. start,
1: I was like, this is going to be fun. It's going to be like, what if you were small yeah. in a big person's house? And all his stuff was big.
2: Right. I, just because you skipped over it, I like the section where he's stealing her and there's, he's he's hiding, he's got a camouflage. Yes, that side. is cool. That feels like Spielberg having fun.
1: Yeah, and then I, having yeah, a laugh. All of him hiding and then bounding sort of across like the British Isles. Yeah. That's, 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 being that's like, fun. Okay, we're cooking here. We're cooking.
2: Then he's chopping up the comber. It looks fucking great. Great visuals. But immediately I find this, this issue starts poking its head. What's your issue? Uh, the compositing in this movie is a nightmare. Go on, so I think the b f g looks great.
1: looks very cool, very cool. use of Mark Rhininlance's expressive features, yeah. but in an, in a way that also you know bonds it to a very famous design by yes. right? Quentin Blake's illustrations. Right. And, like, it just works. It works there. It works great. I think they thread that needle well.
2: So from a design also, we'll standpoint. We'll talk about Rylance's performance. Yeah. Design but, standpoint, I think that looks good. I think his performance comes through. I think absolutely. he looks realistic. I think it's a terrific performance. You buy him as something. The viscerality of his home, yeah. all the objects. When I was looking at that snozcumber, I was like, man, that dripping Cumber, yeah. That looks real.
1: Because this is, like, Dahl's, like, grossest book. He likes everything yes. to be, like, like dripping with, like, snot or farting or, like, right. yeah. it's Everything's yucky.
2: Right. Um... I think Ruby Barnhill is very good in the movie. I think she's cute. And I think there are moments where there's like, you know, they're doing shot reverse shot between her and the BFG. And when they go to her shot, it's clearly her on a set, which is a giant desk surrounded by giant scenery made to look like the items of his house. And those things look great. But I think anytime the two of them are in the same frame, I'm not wrong. I mean, I'm not. You're not wrong. It looks so by association. You're not wrong either. True. Um. I And it's this thing we've talked about, we talked about maybe on the Crystal Skull episode, and I said I didn't remember who it was. I think it's Ignity Vishnevetsky is the one who said uh-huh. that there's like this fucking ratio with Spielberg, which is like he's really good at compositing CGI elements into the movie if it's like 75% real, 25% like the T-Rex. But when you flip it and it's like 75% fake, 25% real. It's a challenge anyway. Yeah, and I just think he is known for being very sort of improvisatory, like on his feet with blocking out the shots and all of that. Mm-hmm. And in order to integrate elements well, live-action elements into a CGI environment, you have to really block out your things in advance and know your lighting and all that. And I think it goes against what he likes about motion capture, which is that like he can just pick up the camera and do whatever he wants. Sure. He's unencumbered.
1: He doesn't have to light, you know? Here's the other problem. Yeah. He brings her to his house. Yes. There's some business with him chopping up a cucumber. Yeah. Then there is no plot. Whatsoever. At all. Right. For, like, 20, a lot of the movie. 20, 20 minutes, yeah. 25 minutes, there's, like, absolutely nothing. The plot is to. just, like, this is my house, and she's, like, literally, what is happening? And he's, like, oh, I don't know, I'm the BFG. Gee, I-, was, I feel that uh, gr- 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 snapples. And the, you're having fun listening to this. Yes. To, to Rylance just have so much fun with this he's weird language. It. He's killing it. But uh, <laughs> it's not like a, a fast paced movie.
2: No, it like becomes an episode of Cribs where there's only one segment. Like one of the things, like Cribs, it was like, oh, you're going to get four Cribs in an episode. Right. And this is just like one 30 minute episode of Cribs where he's like, oh, right there, yeah, this is my Wiz Papa collection. It is. um, He does
1: drink some Whiz Popper, I guess, so he farts.
2: Yeah, I mean, fun, but it's just like... There's the
1: whole thing with the ship.
2: Yeah, she sleeps in a ship, and he gives her the bath, which, I mean, you know, once again... uh, Congrats to Steven Spielberg on doing a bath scene that doesn't feel creepy. Yeah, that's fine. It's a giant like this that's just a tough thing to do. Giant
1: old man giving a little girl a bath doesn't yeah. feel creepy. Right. It's it just describe it. It does. Yeah. The yeah. other giant so I'm just gonna move past it. The other giant stop by and so you get the antagonism, I guess, and the, then he's they use the runt.
2: Then they just leave. Then they leave. And it's like, okay, cool, no immediate danger. Um and then he's like, hey, try out some new clothes here, try out and she puts on the red jacket and he immediately is like, Oh who the fuck. And he's like, "What? Uh, never mind. I'll tell you
1: about thirty minutes from now in the plot.
0: <laughs> it's going to be important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, later,
1: this plot's his points is is important. Forty-five minutes more, like. Um. Then you learn that he's a a dream guy. He's dream got, Weaver. He's Dream Weaver. I mean, it's like, he's but he's also works. like, he's like that Walter White. Like, it's like all the other giants need his sweet, sweet dreams, like, to yeah. go to sleep. Right. Right. And so he, then that's why they leave him alone because yeah. it's like he gives him the dreams.
2: He's got the hookup, but then he also and he takes
1: the dreams from children, right? Or he gives it to he children? he gives them to children as well. So that, he's doing just, that as well
2: because it's almost like he's almost like the the Tom Shoes or Warby Parkers of dreams, where it's like for every dream I give to a giant, I'll give one to a child in need. Perfect. Like Casper matches. He's like the Tom Shoes
0: of of of, of dreams,
2: right? Or Warby Parkers of dreams. And the dreams come shipped in the box the size
1: of a mini fridge, dude. That's all true. And then eventually the giants figure out, <laughs> I'm not listening, <laughs> figure out that the dream. Uh, we're not going to pay by Casper, uh, that, like, that she's there because they find her blanket or whatever. Yeah. And so then he like kicks her out.
2: Well, because there's that scene where they're like bowling each other with cars and buses. This
1: thing is so stupid. And it takes forever. But this is the thing. This is why I'd want to talk to a five-year-old and be like, did you like that shit? And maybe they'd be like, that was great. You crazy? That
2: feels like some real Lost Boys shit to me. Doesn't it feel like that's some bangerang bullshit?
1: (laughs) Bangerang! But at least in the Lost Boys, it's like, it's partly, the drama is partly that Peter Pan is now an old, like a middle-aged guy who's like, you kids shouldn't be doing this, you know, these hijinks. And he's got to learn that hijinks are okay again.
2: Well, and it's like, in all this shit, it's like, there's a mild sense of danger, but it never really feels like Sophie's that close to being discovered. Right. So it's just like, oh, it's just watching them do some... Like watch- and
1: weirdly, the, the big giants are just not that threatening. Like no. Even though they are hostile, stupid, yeah. and big. Yeah. They are big. They're bullies, though,
2: and I
0: don't like... You know what? I don't yeah. like bullies. Yeah.
1: They're the bully-friendly giants. The
2: bully, farthead giants. Yeah. So I might like things big... But I don't like bullies. Hey, good stance. That's right. Uh, Here's a question. I've seen this film twice now. Minus eight minutes the first time I saw it when I fell asleep. Eh, whatever. Is there any moment watching this movie where you know which giant is played by Bill Hader?
1: No. Isn't that weird? You know which one is Jermaine Clement. 100%. But apart from that, like,
2: not really. Jermaine Clement's the main one who's, like, bone cruncher or whatever, right? Flesh Lump Eater. Flesh Lump Eater. And he talks a lot. He's he's our you know, our primary antagonist.
1: And it's clearly Germain, right? Yes. And then there are like many other giants. Right. There are several. One of them is played by Bill Hader, I believe it's the blood bottler, but you don't get that in I mean collectively all the other giants have less than 10 lines right i'd say there're f- definitely
2: five or six other giants and together Look,
1: maybe hater only had like a few days <laughs>
2: like <laughs> but here's the thing i think he must have been there all the time cuz those giants you would were on screen so. a, they're lot. a lot they're on screen like- i remember him talking a lot about making this movie and I think his impetus for making this movie was very clear, which was I want to be in a Spielberg movie. Of course, that's the impetus everybody has for it to be in these movies. But hater specifically is like a huge movie nerd, loves filmmaking, right, right? Get your dick out of his mouth,
1: my god! It's so warm in there. No, I, I like Bill Hader a lot. He's there's, great.
2: There's that thing. It's like I was like, okay, so I guess this is like Jonah Hill. Wait, other way.
1: Get his dick out of your mouth. Whatever. It doesn't taste correct. Yeah. Um.
2: Sorry. It could go both ways. true. It could. It's like Jonah Hill in uh, Hail Caesar or Django, where it was clear, like, he just wanted to work with those guys. Yeah, family. why not? Yeah, exactly. But the difference is that, like, his face is on screen. I
1: can't tell you how hard he worked on this movie, but you're claiming that he worked hard.
2: I remember hearing him talk if a so, lot the about If so, the effort it.
1: was not well earned. What? I'm sorry. Or, I, like, it wasn't worth it. It
2: just feels weird if you're Spielberg and you have Hater there to not be like, you know what? I should give him one scene where he really has something to right, do. Right.
1: Or Hater gets to do a. Just because you know, the guy's.
2: Fucking good, Comedy like bit, right. Give yeah. him like
1: a joke. But then again, this movie's two hours long, so it's not like I want more things.
2: Yeah, it's a long movie. It's a it's a long fucking movie. Like uh, he talked a lot about making. He did a lot of press for it. Like I remember him going on the late night circuit, and being like, "BFG is in theaters this weekend," and it's like, "I saw
1: it. I don't know where you fucking are in the movie." I know you're one of these. Well, also, but wait, so those late night shows will book Bill Hader or the driver hat anyway, because he's that an easy starts. guest. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's, he's going to have fun.
2: But like, uh, what's his Adam Godley. Is that his name? Adam Godley, who's a great British
1: stage actor. He is the man hugger. Yes. yes. You you would know Adam Godley quite possibly if you saw him. He's got a very distinctive face. Very distinctive face. He he's played- been in some movies, but he's... A British stage actor, first He
2: played Mike TV's dad in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. He's been in a lot of films. He uh, has been on Broadway a lot. He's tall and skinny. You definitely know. He's like... got big ears. Dumbo ears. Sorry. Big ears, yeah. Uh, he's a good character actor. He There's the, the beginning of the movie when Sophie's in her orphanage looking out the window. Yep. There's a group of drunken louts. And she yells at oh, them. Oh, and I
1: see. And that's them, right? That's that's, the, them. that's that little joke where it's like, those are the giants. You right. Know, it's like it's the Wizard of Oz people, thing right. where
2: it's like, oh, and then they become the whatever, right? But Bill Hader's not in that group. And I, knowing that Adam, who Adam Godley is, I was like, oh, he must be one of the, be, the giants, right? Sure. The big unfriendly giants in this movie. Manhugger. Uh, so then when we get introduced to the rest of the group, there's one dude who looks like Adam Godley. Right. There's one CGI giant who Mark Ryland style has I, big ears, the same thing. I think features. I'm going to have
1: to cut you off because this is getting boring.
2: It just feels weird that they didn't do fucking anything with him.
1: I agree. Okay.
2: Okay. So then they, this and that, and then she loses her blanket and
1: they're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. fuck. Well, the BFG's like, oh, yeah, well, because, you mean the giants uh, as well. Fuck like, wickles, they, they, fuzzin' stickles. Here's the thing that doesn't make any goddamn sense. They want to eat a child so bad. They just like human Go beings. to England and just eat some children, right? Yeah, they right. And like what's one there's like nine of them. What one child between us, she's tiny.
2: But haven't some of them been cuz later they talk about kids being kidnapped?
1: Right, I guess they've been. It's pretty fucked up, but I mean that is roll doll, I guess. Right. Um This movie skirts by the issue of how many children exactly are being eaten. Yes. A day. Right. All you know is that the BFG had a child that they ate back in the day.
2: B F J So they're she's like
1: She's all right. You're a little too serious. high on her.
2: I'm not doing that because I think she's the best. I think that's funny. Yeah. I think her audition probably was just her having to say BFG ten different ways. Because there's that one scene where she's trying to get his attention. And I keep on going <laughs> B-F-J. like, BFJ! I was like, she can't come up with another reading of this. And then she just keeps on coming up with slight variations. B F J. I I think she's cute. I she's also think cute! It's interesting that uh, this is the only uh, female protagonist in a Spielberg movie,
1: ever is that true? Ever, oh my god, that's actually a that's huge, awful. huge. No, wait, what about Sugarland Express, Goldie Hawn? Oh, oh, fair point. Yeah, his first movie. Fair point. And so I'm it's tri- his, now I'm thinking
2: it's his first one since.
1: And we're talking about movies where it's at least you're at least one of the two leads is a female protagonist, right? Like oh well, color we have, purple, color purple,
2: color purple, of course. Uh, and then Not always doesn't else. really count,
1: right? Mm, not Always is a weird movie. Yeah. You know what? Holly Hunter is the protagonist of Always, kind of. But no, okay. Richard Dreyfuss is more the protagonist. Right. Yeah. He's just a ghost, so okay. it's kind of like... So like three. I'm i I'm just running down the list just to be yeah. sure. I mean, yeah, basically. I
2: mean, inarguably, this is his first uh
1: female-led film since
2: the 80s.
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean, well, as we noted on War Horse, Emily Watson is top billed. <laughs> Top build! Yeah, but Joey's the lead, though. I know. Well, yeah. This is a war horse,
0: isn't it? This horse here. Yeah, it's a war horse. this
1: has a lot of the same shitty problems as War Horse. I don't think Spielberg should be making movies about Britain, because I think he thinks Britain is, like, eternally stuck in, like, 1910. Everyone's a farmer. War Horse! <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs>
0: like, you know, there's nuance
1: to our country. Come
0: on, Steven, Stevie. Steven, people have, like, professional chimney <laughs> cleanings, all right? They don't hire orphans.
1: Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> Uh, So the BFG is like, look, they got your fucking blanket. or he's like, oh, they got a fucking blanket. Uh, <laughs> they're going to eat you. Uh, so, I got to bring you back home. Yeah. So he brings her back home, and she's like, this is not fair. We are friends. Friends don't do this. And he's like, remember, remember like 30 minutes ago when I told you I was going to tell you about that jacket? Here's the deal with the jacket. Last boy I took, we were really good friends. We were like hashtag the two friends the original two friends, and the Giants ate them. So that fucking sucks. Haven't gotten over that. Don't want that to happen to you. And she's like, I'm strong. I can defend
1: myself. BFG. And he's like, winkle, says, no, what's about. We should, honestly, the only way this episode would be good is if we did it all as him. Because he is, just him talking yeah. is the only good thing. Honestly, I just
0: want to have Griffin yeah. do all the
1: parts and yeah.
0: just watch him. So BFG.
1: BFG. <laughs> but, like, we are forgetting the, like, 25 minutes of him being like, here's the tree where the dreams are. And yeah. it's like you jump through the water. Like And it's just, like, endlessly slow. Okay. So the epi- it's the- so boring. This movie goes from a half-hour episode of Cribs to a
2: half-hour episode of, uh, uh, it? how it's made. Yeah, definitely. It's like, we bring you here to the dream factory. Oh, this here is the dream tree. You must catch a
1: dream
0: sprite.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not far off from a movie like Pan, where they're like, did you know that in." Neverland, there's, you know, fairy dust is mined in the fairy mines. And we're like, we d- we never cared about the fairy dust. Uh, yeah,
2: and if there's one lesson we've learned time and time again from the last <laughs> 20 years of big studio filmmaking, it's that we love it when magic is explained in yeah. detail.
1: <laughs> now, in the BFG, I mean, a lot of this is in the book, and sure. obviously that is inherent to the point of the BFG, is that he's a, dr- he's a, Ben? Dream- Dreamweaver. Yep.
0: Uh, dream! Weaver! I it's a, great, it's a great joke. The fuzz wimples.
1: It's a great joke in Wayne's World? Yeah. Uh. Right? Yeah. Great. A great drop. Great Wayne's drop. World. Great
0: movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, dream! But I just don't care. It's so boring. Dream. And like... I get so mad about it. I get so mad about how long this movie is. It's so long. And, like, whether I would subject my child to it if I had one. I don't think I would. I think, I mean, it's it
2: would be the last. If I was trying to show them every Roald Dahl adaptation, it would be the last one I
0: showed them.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I'd show my kid The Witches. That movie fucked me up when I was a kid. It's good, though. Yeah, it, it is, really is good. good. It's alarming.
0: Hey, I didn't see the James and the Giant Peach. Oh, it's great. Is that great? great. That's oh, great. it's I great. loved, loved that That's book. a good yeah. movie. It's Stop
1: motion, you know, it's cool. Good cool looks cool oh, oh yeah. boy I would love to do what a Henry Selleck other... miniseries well it's just three movies it's right four movies oh right that's true and that is the monkey bone is the real blank check there
2: yeah and also his I don't know if you followed it at all but his post-core line fallout has been really fascinating
1: yeah it's weird it's a weird story maybe we'll do Henry kind of Selick a hostile
2: something. dude yep yeah it all comes into play interesting story great filmmaker his own worst enemy.
1: Yeah, he was, but he was kind of his own worst enemy on the night before Christmas, too, right? Like, there was a lot of fighting over, like, just what the script was, essentially. Yeah, historically. Yeah. yeah. But a great filmmaker. He is. I'd like him to make another movie. I don't know if it'll ever
2: happen. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it someday on this one. Those spot, things though. are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> that'd Can't be just... a nice little, that'd be a nice little tight four episode miniseries, don't
1: right? Yeah, sure. Sometimes
2: we need just maybe like a little
1: tight episode. What about Brad Bird, though? Episode?
2: Yeah, Brad Bird, though.
1: He's five, but... Yeah. So.
0: BFG.
1: BFG. Look, we're, we're stalling to get to the good part. There's one part of the BFG that's good, and we're okay, just like... Right. Okay, so this,
2: this is what I was going to say. He leaves her. She's upset, right? And then she's like, fuck this. And she jumps out a window, and the BFG catches her. Sure. And the, swings, the strings swell, right? John Williams. The triumphant, oh, friendship saves the day. But it doesn't fucking mean anything because you only left... 45 seconds ago. It's true. It's. They treat it like it's Han Solo coming back yeah. in Malay and Falcon and like being like, Luke, I got you. You know? <laughs> oh my God, I didn't think the BFG would come back. It's like he's fucking friendly. I knew he'd come back. What's he gonna do? Go eat schnoz mipples or whatever?
1: <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Look. Okay, so now. She then- finally goes to the sanctuary of the little boy that was eaten. This is the crucial part. Yes. And sees a portrait of Queen Victoria.
2: Puts it all together. In a Puts way, it all together. It's so obvious. How didn't she think of it sooner? Why don't we just ask the queen for help? Why don't we plant the queen with a dream? Why don't we pull an inception?
1: Now, it is funny that it is, it's literally the pot of inception. It's literally the pot of inception. <laughs> it's, it, it's the exact same idea. Yeah.
0: What they if even we, break it down with like a scientist who yes. explains yeah. all the ways it works. Uh, yeah. Remember that guy? Whatever happened to Brow.
1: him. Yeah. Dilla Brow, man. He was in like three hot movies and then we never heard from him again. He crushes that
0: exposition though. He he, he had
2: not bad at the exposition. His first two movies were Avatar and Inception. <laughs> 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 uh, he was on an episode of uh, how did this get made recently? It's really interesting Really? Oh, actually yeah. I gotta listen it's to it. It's really interesting. Um but uh yeah, it's it's uh bizarre how strongly he came out of the gate. And then but then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then Maybe. he did Dragon to Hell too.
1: He was. That was. That's before. Uh, Those
2: were all within nine months. Of yeah, the that's the same year as Avatar. He worked yeah. with Sam Raimi, James Cameron. That's what I'm saying, man. And uh, and Christopher Nolan. Okay, so uh, they go to the chemist. They get the dream potion. <laughs> they infect the queen, and then this chunk of the movie—literally—they infect the queen. They infect the queen. Yeah.
1: This chunk of the movie is, fun. It's charming. It's charming. This part's pretty good. For one. And I remember in the book, too, it is so, when you're a kid, so delightful, that idea of, like, the queen had fucking fix everything. She's a nice old lady like your mom, but she's
2: also in charge of the country. And also, like, why wouldn't this just take a, a, an extreme left turn? It's not
1: <laughs> like this has been plot-based up until now. Why, why, it can be fucking whatever it wants to be. So the queen just wakes up and she's like, all right, summon my staff. I've got some news for you. Giants are real. Yeah. They exist in the, like, far, like, countryside. They are plotting to eat our children.
2: I don't know. So I I went to Toronto a couple weeks ago to visit friends, right? And the second we crossed the border, my friend, past and future guest, Sam Rogal,
1: Past guest. He's not allowed back on. He's allowed back. No. No, we already talked about this. He's allowed back. No, his opinion is bad. We talked about it. I'm going to fight you. No. He,
2: He said, congratulations, we're officially in a country where Donald Trump isn't president. Right. And immediately, my anxiety was cut by like 25%. Okay. Like, I felt like my shoulders go down. The palpable, like, fear I'm living with on a day-to-day basis. And it was like, it's weird how instantly that goes okay. out the window. The second we cut to the Queen and suddenly we're in a real set with real actors.
1: Yeah, I get you. The movie has you're that just effect. like, oh, just like, good, right. Oh, it's a movie again. And some pros are here. Yeah. We talked about him, Rafe? Becca? Hall.
2: Falls to the wall. Great. And Penelope Walton, Penelope who Walton your brother Joey tweeted when this movie came out in July. It's embarrassing that we're going to have to go through nine months of Oscar season bullshit <laughs> when Penelope Walton's obviously just going to win Best Supporting Actress for the VFG. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing his tweet but I thought that a was tweet. so funny. It's a good tweet. And she is really she is fucking good She's extremely good. I mean, she's, she's a pro. Right. She's a pro. But she wakes up and she goes, oh, had the dream. we had to stream. We had to stream that Giants were real. And she does it great. And there's a good Spielberg blocking here. And is her assistant, and Rafe Spall is the fucking walkie-talkie man. And then she tells the dream, and she's kind of a nerve-bite, and she goes, hey, what do you mind closing the blinds? But there's a really good Spielberg moment where she, like, finishes the dream, and then she looks right towards the camera for a long time. You're like, what's wrong? And then she goes, like, what do you mind closing the blinds? It's like, oh, she's now afraid that her right. dream is real. Right. When they go to close the blinds. Who's there? Sophie. And she goes, Queen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
2: I'm here with the BFG. <laughs>
1: BFG she goes, in. "Why are
2: you here?" And she goes, "Don't you remember, don't you?" And she goes, "I do remember." It goes, "Where's the BFG?" And he goes, "He's right here." And she starts calling for the BFG, and they're like, "Oh fuck, this is some crazy girl who happens to match perfectly sure, with a dream sure, I just had." Sure, sure. Except for the BFG, that's not there. And then she has to like give him the courage to come out, and he comes out, and now he's the BFG, and he's talking to the Queen.
1: Yeah.
2: One note: Amazon. I watched this film on Amazon. They're subtitling uh, every time they refer to the Queen, they call her Mum.
1: No, it's it's M A A M. That's just how it sounds. In oh, Britain. it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what Amazon said in the subtitling. Yeah. I thought it was mom. No, don't they call the queen mother? No, you call the queen. You can call the queen two things. Okay, you can call her her royal majesty. Okay, or you can call her what the Americans would say is ma'am. Right, but in Britain you say that like mom. I always thought it was M U M. You are wrong. Oh wow. Uh you can call any member of the royal family by two things. If it's a lady, mom. And if it's a man, sir, okay, you can only call the queen or king your Majesty. Everyone uh-huh. else is your Highness. Yeah, <laughs> everyone needs to fucking remember that.
0: As long as you don't call them late for dinner. What's a, exactly? What's the Dutch and the Duchess? What do they do? You would probably just call them like Sir and Mum.
1: Like you probably would like. You, I mean, you could call them like. But uh, your Highness is always fine. But stick with the stick with them, Sir and Mum. Okay. It's easy, you know. Because if you live in Britain and you do something nice, mm-hmm. like say. Run a charity or mm-hmm. do community service, or like do nice things, right? Yes. you'll get invited to a garden party. Oh, maybe with a Duchess or like the Duke of York or something, but maybe with the Queen. Do you think she hosts like many a year? And then the Queen comes and talks to you for ten minutes.
2: Do you think we'll ever get invited to a garden party?
1: I think it's like fifty-fifty right now. I mean, we just you, you know. have dual citizenship, right? I do, so she probably listens to this. I would assume she listens to all of her her subjects' podcasts, right? Um, but I've just heard, I, from the people I know who've met the queen, I'm always told, like, she is the boss of small talk. Like, she is just, she's been doing it her whole life. She comes in, and you're just like, you just feel completely at ease, and she's, like, asking you about your shit. It's like chit-chat, and then she leaves, and you just feel like, I just talked to a pro. Like, that was the best. She knows exactly what she's doing. So it's the opposite of being mom. Exactly. Then
2: 15 <laughs> thousand comedy points
1: that's a lot of comedy points
2: that was such a good joke and ben is now dancing in the studio he is dancing he's pumping his fist he's dancing like a happy little boy um so they hold a little banquet little lunchtime banquet tea this shit's pretty good yeah where they're trying to figure out how to feed the bfg yeah i like and, this and stuff once again like the fucking ratios flipped and it's like 75 percent right. real now shit. you
1: just have the bfg to worry about and it's good like now it's good her corgis are there I feel
2: like a lot of the earlier scenes, it looks like Sophie's like a colorful. No, I
1: know what you mean. Like, no, just taped on top of the image. Also, there's just a lot of corgis running around. Yeah,
2: and suddenly the dogs start farting. I mean, everyone's having the whiz bangers or the fuzz popples
1: or well, whatever. right, the, the queen farts. Called. Queen farts. And now- Spielberg treats that like JFK getting assassinated or whatever, where it kind of cuts <laughs> to like an obscure angle. Like, you yeah. know, they don't want to show it to you full force.
2: There's something really fun just about imagining Spielberg directing the farts- uh, yes. being at ILM or Weta Digital and being like, I feel like the fart has to be bigger. How do we... God, can can we go 10% more plumage on this? It's <laughs> um, like big green farts. Like, they're very
1: visual farts. Sorry, I'm tweeting at someone who tweeted me saying he didn't like the Lego movie. Had to correct that right away. Uh, that's a dumb opinion. Yeah. It's a dumb opinion. That's a real dumb opinion. Dumbass opinion. Hey, you know what I'm not uh, looking forward to? What? Uh, Warner Brothers are uh, running that Lego thing into the ground. Boy, are they gonna! It's so annoying. It's actually, and you know, but we both knew this: that the minute the Lego movie made the money, it did. Yes. It's like, uh oh, like they're not going to treat this with the uh, sort of caution it deserves.
2: Well, no, the head of Warner Brothers film production is came from fucking Six Flags. He didn't work in movies. I know. Part of this we've talked about. And he's it. just a branding expert, and he has said like we have silos. We're like Disney, we have silos. There's the Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling silo. It's why Warner Brothers
1: seems so fucking bad. There's it's the why DC Suicide silo, and yeah. there's
2: the Lego silo. They yeah. were like, those are our three big brands. And uh,
1: hey, the J.K. Rowling and the DC ones aren't working. I mean, the J.K. Rowling one is, I would say, working in terms of like, that movie made G some money. It, it made have less-, less than Suicide Squad. It made, it made a huge amount internationally. Huge. And they also they have it. amusement
0: so. parks and fucking yeah.
2: merch and all this shit. I, I mean, know. all those things are making money for them. But when's the bloom going to come off the rose? Like, when are you going to run
1: through the goodwill in the franchise? Well, to me, it's no. To me, it's more uh, Trumpy, where it's like the bloom was never on the roses. For like, for example, for uh, for the the DC movies. Sure. Like literally, they made Man of Steel, and people are like. No bloom on this rose. And they were like, We got more. Like, you know, like they didn't take any of it to heart. They're like, Great, you liked it, right? And people are like, not really. And they are like, yeah, we're gonna do lots. But that's <laughs> because people like the the original characters.
2: Like they wanna see good movies based off those characters. And uh Fantastic Beast was running off the residual fumes of like uh Fantastic made more than Suicide Squad.
1: It did? Yes. It made so much internationally. You know why? Why? It had Fantastic Beast in it. Yeah. That little guy? Remember the little guy? I don't the know. Actually, remember. yeah, the niffler was alright. Yeah. That movie drives me crazy. A weird movie. Yeah. You know Ezra Miller is in this in the sequel? Yeah. And they had to like delay the flash because of it? I mean, yeah. and also because yeah, they that's keep the firing everyone in the, the flash.
2: flash. Because no one wants to direct that. Well, I whatever.
1: mean, but like when I heard that, I was like they were like, Oh, and you know, now the flash has to get delayed because Ezra Miller has to be in Fantastic Beasts 2. And I was like, he has to be in it? You're sure about that? Like the the people over there were like, yeah. We gotta have him in that. Yeah, I don't know what they're planning. What a hot character he was! Remember, he yeah. was a big cloud of goo.
2: The Lego thing bums me out just because it's like that came from like such low expectations, right? It was like just Lord and Miller worked their magic and made in something great, and then of they were course like,
1: the low expectations helped,
2: right? And then they were like, "Oh, let's reverse engineer this as a brand." And they look haven't made a bad Lego movie yet, but it's gonna fucking happen if they keep on making them. It might
1: well happen, and but I will say I was about to say at least they're two for two for yeah. like decent movies. Maybe Ninjago be great.
2: I mean, the trailer looks
1: fine. There's a Ninjago trailer. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. At the time of
2: our recording, it came out today. Oh, okay. It looks fun, but it's but it's like there's a. This is on the
1: record. You're doing it on the record. It looks fun,
2: but it's like okay, I get it. Like I'm already starting to like fucking note the earmarks of like okay, they've reverse engineered. Like these are the types of jokes. These are you know what have you anyway.
1: So what happens is they eat breakfast. They tell the queen to deploy her soldiers to giant country. They fart like crazy. There's a lot of farting. The soldiers go to giant country. They're like, we're going to make a trap. They infect the giants with nightmares. Uh, It's all a little, yeah, you shouldn't think about it too much. They have like dangerous and terrifying power.
2: There's this moment where the BFG... Like, and, why doesn't
1: the BFG solve world peace? Like, why doesn't he blow a dream into the fucking Israeli presidency here? To, like, you know, broker peace in the Middle East. Right, you
2: want him to, like, pull an arrival,
1: Yeah, know? exactly, yeah. Why, yeah, exactly. Why doesn't he, yeah. like, cure us all of our, like, citizenship? You know, right. where it's just, we're just
2: members of Earth. And he's like, no, just this one girl. And they're like, what about everybody? Well, you could save everybody. And he's like, just me Sophie and her blanket. Um... There's this moment when they're sitting on the hill and they're like watching the sunrise and they're just having like a nice friend conversation.
1: Yes, that is a nice moment.
2: It's a nice moment. And I remember watching it in the theater and going like, wait, is this
1: movie great? Yeah, but I remember coming out of it being like, I mean, Spielberg, though, like, yeah, that's sort of like what you kind of give that movie right well and that's watching
2: that moment i was like this feels like a moment that it, it is like at the payoff of a great movie that's earned this right but it's actually kind of working for me and i think it's because ryan lance is really fucking goodness so good really fantastic and we talked about it in our blank check words episode which we recorded yesterday but now it was months ago yes it's a, it's a phenomenal performance right um and, look, hard to sell that language, right? And to make it sound naturalistic. Um, but I think the one thing this movie does do well is, like, it does sell you on, like, this is a nice friendship between two people. These two people are nice friends. Sure. And so I think that one moment I'm just kind of like, no, this isn't a great movie. But, like, I, I am invested in that one idea of just, like, a big thing and a little thing, being friends. Sure. You know? Crossing the aisle meeting in the middle. Right. Uh, then the sun rises, they catch all the giants. Hooray, hooray. Um, but the BFG has to stay
1: there. And they'll just, just—he'll think she'll think of him when she's lonely.
2: And Rebecca Hall adopts. I don't care. I do. I think that's kind of
1: sweet. Oh, no, I think it's nice that Rebecca Hall, but, I mean, I, it's like, it's almost going for that Monsters, Inc. mojo, you know? Yeah. The real, like, we had this wonderful experience and now we can't be together. Yeah, Like, that was my magical childhood. But, like, you know, although it's, like, such a lingering, but, like, I don't, I'm like, yeah, whatever.
2: That's the thing. They feel like nice friends, but the thing with Monsters, Inc. is that felt like
1: this is, like, a familial
2: relationship. This isn't like, oh, they like hanging out with each other. Yeah. This is like, they're deeply tied to each other. Like, Sully has, like, father instincts towards her. You know? Towards Boo.
1: Birds. (laughs) Anytime you
2: say Sully was a forced water landing.
1: Birds. Birds. Forced? Birds.
2: <laughs> I'm telling you, I felt it. I felt that engine go. There was no thrust.
1: What a great movie. Sully's American masterpiece. Now, if only the BFG was the movie Sully. I'm sorry, and We were who? talking about it today. BFG! B-F-G! We got no energy for this one. And I, you know what? It's fine. We saw it coming five months ago, right? Yep, like, we, 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 we always do. There'd be no energy for this one.
2: Yeah, so great. Everyone's nice friends. The movie comes out. No one sees it. It gets middling reviews. It's it's. I mean, I think it's his biggest flop, certainly in terms of. Look at the top email. The new Lego Ninjago movie slash new trailer download links plus poster. Right. Is that a press email? Yeah. Great.
1: Um, when did it get released? July Fourth weekend. weekend.
0: Oh, so. Yeah, I mean, we're summer gonna play, release. We're going to
1: play. People thought it was going to be big. The box yeah. office game. Yeah. People thought it was going to be big. Why not? Always right. been on Spielberg, right? Always. Especially with something Return like this. Return to Form. Yeah. July 1st, uh-huh. 2016, mm-hmm. the BFG opens number 4, 22 million dollars. Uh it grosses 55 total domestic, 183 worldwide, which pretty much covers its budget. It's a bomb.
2: But including marketing, I believe Yeah. Disney has said they lost they they took a seventy five million dollar write-off on this
1: movie. Sounds about right. It doesn't matter because Disney had literally the most insane year in the history of movie studios that year. They
2: had four of the twenty highest grossing movies of all time. Correct.
1: And so, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Like, but nonetheless, a disappointment. Sure. What is number one at the box office? Okay. July fourth weekend. Put it this way, it's a Disney movie. It's a Disney movie, and that movie is it's been number one for three weeks. Finding Dory. Yes. Okay. Finding Dory, the movie everyone remembers and enjoyed and talks about all the time, that made gazillions of dollars. The
2: eighth highest-grossing movie in history.
1: Finding Dory. Tell me one thing that happens in Finding. Well, Dory. Well, I remember it. You can.
2: That's
0: the thing. A the, fish gets lost.
2: This He's got it. This joke works for anyone else, but you know, I could actually recount the entire plot of Finding Dory in detail.
0: Can you really? Yeah. You kidding me? Could you do in the BFG's voice? Yeah. So it opens with little just blue fish ears, and it's right
2: there with the parents' big eyes, buzzles it has. And,
0: and all right, we're back.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Number two, it's a new film, Legend Tarzan. Correct. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, this is recent enough that Griffin might just know. Yeah, Legend of Tarzan, a hit. Yeah, no one's talking about, about a movie that. people did not think was going to be a hit. Perfectly good hit. Yeah. Made I think, $380 million. Once again, cost too much to make. Yeah, whatever. But like that's that movie. That's a movie where you might think like, oh, they're going to lose a lot of money. Like this was a I mistake. thought so.
2: I remember tweeting, is it possible that literally zero people go see The Legend of Tarzan? Sure. Like I remember just feeling no excitement for it. And then it outgrossed like Independence Day 2. Yeah. It outgrossed yeah. Also the Looking Glass. Like these are bad movies, but it outgrossed sequels it well. to huge well.
1: movies. Good job, Skarsgård. Nice job, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Number three, also a new movie. The third in a strange little franchise, horror franchise, that has become popular in the summers recently. Oh, The Purge election year. Correct. Keep America Great. The second best? Third. Oh, oh, you're saying, oh, the second best. Yes. I mean, the first one's the worst. The first one is terrible, and the second one is pretty good, and this one is kind of in the middle of those two. Yeah, I, I think would it's say.
2: anarchy election than the original.
1: Yeah, yeah, number four thirty six mil it makes opening weekend,
2: and it ends up at like ninety, right? Something it ends like 80, up at seventy
1: nine, one eighteen okay. worldwide, which is Jesus. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that movie except in America, but okay.
2: Yeah. And those movies
0: cost like nothing to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Know, you, yeah. Know. Do you like the purge? I saw the second one. Pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean that it. it it's like the kind of horror movie I like, which is just like really contained, small, like happens in house. Survival. Yeah, it's great. Yeah.
1: yeah. Number four is the BFG, and number five is a movie you already mentioned just now when you were comparing Tarzan to it.
2: Oh, uh, uh, Independence Day.
1: Independence Day Resurgence. Resurgence. Okay. Twenty sixteen had some had some poops. Yeah, that was a big poop. Yeah, that was a big preview. That's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I need to see it still. Have you never seen it? No, I would love it, right?
0: No. I, I mean, think, what do you mean? Well, Will it. Smith isn't in it. He's not in it. He and is, is uh, our boy in it? Uh, Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I I think <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's- uh, This is better. Uh, in the movie.
1: That's actually good. Full circle. That was
2: okay, That was right? good,
1: yeah. Because, yeah. you know, first episode, right. last episode. Uh, I, I, if I remember correctly- uh, Okay.
2: Now it's getting to Barack Obama. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the difference you'll see, is you'll that see. when Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, it does not eat people.
1: No, that's not
2: that good. <laughs> Wait a second. No, my joke was that was Obama doing Jeff Goldblum quotes. Oh, I see, I see. That was my joke. Central am, Intelligence. Uh, evolving into a fly.
1: Gina Davis, please try to help.
2: Central Intelligence. A bit, another big hit. Another
1: uh, big hit. Big hit. The Shallows, which is a nice little movie. Oh, nice little movie. Free State of Jones, which uh, not a nice little movie. A nice uh, bad, bad long movie, a yeah. bad mid movie. Yeah, Conjuring Two, Swiss Army Man's in there. Yeah, don't make any money that one. No. Uh, so there you go.
2: Uh, BFG gets zero Oscar nominations. Doesn't even get the perfunctory John Williams
1: tip of the hat. Um, no, which is a bit, and it didn't get visual effects. Which no, it didn't you know, is fine, but it's a bit rude. A little bit rude. Uh,
2: And that's that's the end of Steven Spielberg's run. Now, it leaves us in a weird space, because coming up, what does Spielberg have in the Hopper? Two movies, one of which sounds like exactly what he should be doing, and one of which sounds like exactly what he shouldn't be doing.
1: So the one you think he shouldn't be doing is Ready Player One. Yeah. And the one he should be doing is... Pope Baby drama, Rylance, Oscar, Kushner, Isaac. Oscar Isaac. What's it's going like, on here? Yeah, right, right. Morals uh, is is dark and gray. Mar- your things is confusing the right, movie.
2: Right, life makes no sense.
1: Politics in behind closed doors. The movie.
2: And then the other one's an adaptation of a book about a virtual reality world. A book
1: that people didn't really like.
2: No, they were like good concept, bad execution. Right. Maybe it'll be good. It's I don't like know.
1: Spielberg's Tron.
2: But with like, but also like a Roger Rabbit where you mash up all the pop culture elements of the movies that Spielberg produced. Yeah. Which I think is weird. I don't know how he's going to deal with it. Apparently it's a lot of motion capture. I like Tintin, as you know. I like the freedom it gives him in the camera. I'm a little excited to see him exist in a fully motion capture realm, but I'm a little worried about that movie.
1: Here's some Reddit suggestions for Ben's names. Okay. Warhaws.
2: I think that's the one we're
1: going. The BFH. Big Friendly Haas.
2: I like Ben Friendly Giant more. but okay.
1: Benny Anda Jones in and the Kingdom of the Crystal Haas. It's a bit long. Ben
2: likes it, though. I mean. Ben likes it. The Krahassian. The
1: uh, what is that? I don't get it. Oh, let me see it. K-R-A-H-O-S-S-I-A-N. Oh,
2: fuck. I looked at it, and I understood what it meant, and I'm trying to remember. Let me see I, it. Officially. It's just hard to turn. Yeah. Krahassian. Uh, Oh 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 I know what it is. What is it's it? It's the Krahosian. It's making fun of krakozia. Oh okay, Krak- okay that's the no That's too. Sorry
1: the user Alex blah blah blah. Uh catch me if you ben. Uh-huh. Amistaz which is funny.
2: Yeah, but do we want <laughs> well, to Let's also
1: not poke fun at that movie and yeah, that stuff here. Artificial intelligence, Benji of Spies, <laughs> Benardi Report,
0: <laughs> Private
1: Ribin, which we talked about. Uh, Gigolo Ben, Ben Deanna Jones, Ben Cruncher. This just makes me want to see all these movies. (laughs) And finally, uh, Mutt Williams. That's just Shia LaBeouf's name. I think it would be hilarious if the two friends called Ben Mutt Williams every episode. I mean, that is funny. Steve Ben Spielberg is the final suggestion. That is, all those things are funny, but I do think Warhaz is still by a nose. I think that's the yeah, winner. I like it, too. And let's give credit. Who came up with Warhaz? Uh, oh, shit. Sorry. I closed it. Uh, I'll find it. I'll find it. One second. Okay. No um, worries. But, but, yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Shrug. I don't know what your future waits.
0: Yes, I agree. Can I ask you guys a
1: question? Anything.
0: So, you framed this miniseries around dreamworks mm-hmm. years of, of, of spielberg and he's the first director right to ever get that much control over a studio when yeah. you, do you think about it dreamworks
1: it is rude that the bfg didn't even have the dreamworks logo it's literally it? about a dreamworker yeah he yeah. works in dreams yes yes, yes it's yes.
0: a bit rude yeah. yeah carry on uh i guess my question is do you think that uh, a filmmaker ever will ever get to that point again do you think that's uh, yes. too much control? Do you think it's the mistake of like sort of Lucas comes to mind of like people not saying no to you sort of thing, and like you then start making poor choices because you have so much control? Like, what what do you think? I think he's a weird example because
2: I think um, I think he's a guy where he works big, right? Mm-hmm. And Spielberg knows how to use money and put it up on the screen. And you even look at stuff like uh, Lincoln and Munich, which are two of his uh, least expensive movies ever made, and there's a scope and a scale to those movies in terms of like, oh, wow, here's a street corner in a wide shot where they're able to dress this entire world and put this many characters in and all of this, and so it has a real feeling of place and of time rather than just like, fuck, we got $5 million to shoot a period piece, let's shoot around it, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I, I, I think he earns it in that way, and it feels like he... I think this is what this ends up being about, okay? I think it ends up being about self-discipline. Uh-huh. I think that's the case study in Steven Spielberg here, is that, like, a lot of the people we've covered, once everyone gives them what they want, their instincts are bad, right? Often. That they need other people to rein them in.
1: Sometimes. I don't Not think— Not the Wachowskis.
2: Right. I don't think Spielberg needs people to rein him
1: in. No, because he hasn't been reined in for decades. Right. Like, yeah, it's pre-Dreamworks, pre he wasn't being reined in. Yeah.
2: Right, and it never feels excessive, and you're never like, what the fuck was he thinking? You're always like, I know what he was thinking, and it was dumb. When That's it doesn't right. work, you're like, and I see it, as but As we've
1: said, he's good at acknowledging it, yes, too. Yes, Unlike someone like Amit
2: Right. But I think the problem comes- from when he's making something because it's clearly energizing him,
1: you know? Sure, to when he's making something where he's like, well, I should be good at this, right? Right. Yeah, like, this this is my kind of thing, isn't it? And I think the thing that unifies all of those, this
2: should be my kind of thing movies, is that uh, they're, on paper, the more commercially Spielberg movies. And that's where the conflict of him being the studio head
1: comes in. Right.
2: Because he's not just trying to make movies, but he's trying to keep an entire studio afloat, and he's the biggest asset they have is his films.
1: Well, we're also going to, in a future miniseries, talk about his efforts as a studio head. I would think. Well, let's and talk his, about that in his partnering with other directors. Let's talk about that in one second.
2: Okay, I just want to say I've been uh, living in a perpetual fear these days. Right? Oh my
1: god, what's this?
2: No, no, no. Both like in the outer world and the inner world. Uh-huh. Right? I wake up every morning. I check the news. The world's never good. The world's terrible. Uh huh. And so every every day is dispiriting. And you just go like, oh, what the fuck am I going to do? How do we? How do we exist? But there's this thing that that's you know. uh, it motivates a lot of people, incentivizes a lot of people to take action, to speak out, you know? We're fighting harder than we have in a long time because the threat's real, right? are a bit coming. No, 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 no. no. I, I'm not going to stretch
1: this out for too long. <laughs> okay, please.
2: In my, in my inner life. <laughs> Ben's
1: looking onto an imaginary yeah.
2: horizon. <laughs> is he coming? <laughs> in my inner life, I'm terrified because at the time of this recording. Yeah, so I'm he's like he's going
1: to go make the tick.
2: Right. And this is the biggest thing I've ever done. And I like, you know, in my heart of hearts, like trust, like, I think I know how to do this, but it also just is scary. And I find that exciting because I feel like, you know, we've been friends for a couple of years. And for those couple of years, there are a lot of times I was like, I think I'm done with acting. I just hate it. It It's driving me crazy. There was one
1: time in particular, which was after Kid Cudi beat you out for Entourage. Where I was like, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And I would work on stuff and you'd be like, how was it? And I'd be like, I just, I'm fucking irritated with all this. And it was like, I'm doing the same thing they asked me to do where I drop a cup of coffee or I'm a nerd or fucking this. And it's not good. And I just feel like I'm doing a bad job. You were
1: society's intern. You were Hollywood's intern.
2: Right? Yeah. But it was also just like I felt like I was experiencing no growth whatsoever. I wasn't being given the chance to do anything beyond what I could do.
1: I'm wrapping you And what's here. exciting
2: to me now is how scared I feel about this uh-huh. because it makes me think like there's no way I'm going to give anything less than 100% because I'm too scared of failure. Uh-huh. And I think Spielberg uh, is someone- boy who is capable of extreme artistic growth and evolution, right? Yes. But yes. he has to be diligent about not letting himself rest on his laurels and do something that he could do before. Now, he can I make agree. lateral moves. It doesn't always have to be bigger. It doesn't so always have to be So you're saying that deeper. Spielberg,
1: for a while, he was an intern. <laughs> go ahead. Go. Some of
2: these movies, he's dropping coffee cups.
1: I, look, I also, I think you're right, but I actually think Spielberg is someone who often backs into his own progress. Like, he doesn't, like, like... and he doesn't quite realize like what a leap forward he's made until he's made a couple of these movies. I would just ask He takes on these ambitious projects and yes. that's often when you're kinda like like I mean, I don't mean ambitious like AI. I mean right. ambitious like the BFG. Yes, often that's when you're like, oh, you're kind of just being proficient here. That's like, and it's more interesting when he's wrestling with a story that doesn't quite fit him.
2: The proficiency is what scares me because even if it's a complicated movie on a technical level, you know, or like, oh, this is a weird narrative to wrestle down because the book is so like sort of like incidental, yeah. you know. Um, it doesn't feel like there's anything he would look at the material and be like, I have no idea how to do this, you know. And I think he needs to be self-disciplining when he, like, looks at material because he's Spielberg, because he has this great power. And when he chooses to make something, it matters. You know, mm-hmm. he gets budgets that other people don't get. He's recently decried the death of the adult drama. He and Lucas came out and were like, oh, it's, dead, and, it's dead, He it's and dead.
1: famous adult dramatic filmmaker right. George Lucas.
2: Right, and they're like, we can't even get our passion projects made. And it's like, no, but you can't. You can, so you have to use that responsibility wisely. And also, like,
1: yeah, like, don't phone it in. Right. Like, if it maybe you need to scrape or, like, sort of fudge a little more to get one of these things made, then do it.
2: And doesn't mean that you can't... Don't just be like, eh, fuck it. Doesn't mean you can't have fun. Like, I love Tintin, obviously, but Tintin was scary because it was him working in a totally new mode. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
2: All I'm saying is I think artists got to be scared. I think in one way or another, artists got to be scared.
1: It's a nice little manifesto.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Well, that was our miniseries. On Steven Spielberg. We did it. cast. here's my prediction. Griffey on the record. Yeah. I think Steven Spielberg is gonna make some more great films and some more bad films.
1: <laughs> Probably true. Yeah.
2: I think he's gonna honestly, but I think he's gonna learn his lessons from the how bad old, ones. How old do you think he is? Uh seventy two.
1: Checking seventy. He's, oh. he's got he's got plenty of time. He's got time. That guy's gonna live. Are you excited for Brad Pitt to make a sci fi movie with James Gray? They just announced that? It's he's circling this oh, okay. movie. In we which he'd play do, an autistic space engineer.
2: I love that. Uh, he was supposed to do Lost City of Z, right? He executive
1: produced it, yes. I think he was- but he was supposed to start yeah, it no, like I think it was a time. But yeah. I like
2: James Gray a lot. I just like the idea of James Gray getting movies made.
1: I just like the idea, we've talked about a lot, of, you know, everyone does their sci-fi movie, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. James Gray's like, time for my sci-fi movie. <laughs> yeah. Um.
2: So let's let's announce our next miniseries. I don't know. Look, we're still figuring it out because we're recording this so far in advance.
1: We might do something. This is our next miniseries, yeah, because there might be something in between.
0: How about this? We'll we'll say it, but it might change, and I'll insert something else. Fair enough. Right. Right. Of course. We can can always. We have months to change this. We're gonna do, and then it'll be like me just like (laughs) bird. So we've got that as a backup. (laughs) Just (laughs) bird. Producer Ben here with an official announcement. Our next miniseries will be on the films of Christopher Nolan starting in mid-June on the 19th. Leading up to that, we'll have a few one-off episodes. Next week, we have a Ben's Choice on the film Clifford starring Martin Short and Charles Grodin. So, not the Big Red Dog movie. Then, a mailbag episode where we respond to listeners' emails followed by a Wonder Woman episode. I will also go on the record today and say that followed by Nolan, we will be covering director Catherine Bigelow as our next miniseries. Thanks. Back to the show. So,
2: that's our series. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, thanks as always for listening. Uh, stay tuned for whatever we just explained was going to happen in whatever order we just explained was
0: it was going to happen in. Yep. Guys, you can always tweet at us at blank check pod yeah. or or like the Facebook page please. guys please
2: for God's sake like the Facebook
1: page I wish you would I, I I think it'd be a nice thing to do I think it'd be okay like Mark Rylands, you're out there give us a like
2: yes there's all kinds of
0: original content most definitely and
2: as always the gold snapper when's fizzle winks his
0: guns and wizzles his bubbles, Fart, farts, 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 smith, smith,
2: I was listening to the best of of uh, the uh, Phantom Menace fan podcast episodes. Sure. You know what joke we didn't hit hard enough? What? We only did once. What? Uh, that Phantom Menace is ripping off space balls.
1: Yeah, I didn't like that joke.
2: I thought that was a funny bit. Man. I thought it was a good bit You huh? were the one who came up with that. I thought that was too it
1: obvious. More. We did it once. It was fine.
2: It was great. I thought it was really funny. I mean, we could
0: do it right now. We're all idiots.
1: Give, give me, what's the name of the person who came up with Warhas? Did you get that? Oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> got it. Deleted it again. Here. Wait. Wait. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. His name is Apathy Monger. Okay. And his, that's his Reddit name. Yeah. And his like. flair. Yeah. Is that what it's called? It's called the, Flare. What a dumb website. Is David, number on. Number one fan of Jupiter's moon Europa.
0: Oh good shots fired. That's cut. I
1: wanted to get that out there. Good cut. Apathy Monger, I think maybe
0: was the
2: one who started the Reddit, is is one of the major posters. So shout shout out Apathymonger. Apathy Monger. Hey, check out that
1: Reddit. Reddit slash R slash blinkies. Fun place where fun things happen. Reddit's great, nothing bad's ever happened on Reddit. No one's ever had to ban a Reddit subcommunity for any reason at all. Absolutely not. Pizzagate though.